Cool. Well, I've made a folder called Svelte Hello World. I have a blank folder also. What did I call mine? I called mine Experiments. Because <laughs> I'm lazy. Do you want to explain what we're doing? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so we, we've talked a lot about the different frameworks that are out there for particularly kind of front-endy app development, essentially. And you're doing more and more of that kind of stuff with your work. It's what I do for a living anyway. It's, only a, it's not your main area of expertise. Is that fair? I think that's fair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we've talked about all the different the differences between things like Svelte and Angular and React and uh, run out of... I, there are hundreds, uh, I think. Uh, those are the three that I think of off the top of my head. Preact, I guess. Is Backbone still a thing? Ember, is that still going? I, I'm not the person to ask this yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> there's, lo there's lots of them, and we keep saying, oh, yeah, there's lots of them. It doesn't really matter what you choose. Pick one that you like, give it a go. And neither of us have tried Svelte, have we? And, we, and it's come up a lot. I mean, Sean... Sean Wang recommended it, and it just I just keep seeing it on Twitter and on and podcasts. People talk about Svelte all the time, and it sounds sounds amazing. People really love it. But why? Well, I, I, hopefully we should uh, we can try and find out. Um, I, I think we did have an idea of hello worlding all of them, and then doing a podcast about our experiences. But I think that's been in the works for a while now. <laughs> would you say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We maybe don't find the time for it. We're busy people. It's fine. <laughs> well, if not busy, then certainly distracted. Um, so <laughs> we thought we maybe we, we could try and hello world it together and see what the experience is like, see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, and I guess also talk about like how you how you approach a new framework or something. Yeah. Um, in terms of where you look in the docs and some tips for experiencing things for the first time because you can always say well go and look at the docs go and learn about that but kind of how do you actually do what would you do or what would we do so i would if i was learning svelte i would go to svelte.dev the svelte website and then i would look for some sort of quick start thing to see to see how to get started so if i look on the svelte.dev website luckily there's a little tiny little link that says quick start guide so i'm going to click that Oh, excellent. Well, I've, I've uh, instantly come across my first burden, which is I didn't know how to, I was spelling felt wrong. I hadn't put an E on it, so I'm going to have to rename my folder. Ah. Um, thankfully, <laughs> th thankfully, it was the top Google result, so I am also on svelte.dev. S-V-E-L-T-E. <laughs> -E. So, uh, I'm on the quick start. I don't know if you are. This will only take a minute. That's what it says. Quick start guide. Here we go. Um, yeah, so use the REPL. What's a REPL, Tom? Uh, what does that... This is buzzword bingo. This is the initialism bingo that we played last week. I do not know what it stands for. It's an environment in which you can play around and build something. Yeah, I don't know what it stands for. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a, a... Are they always in the browser? Yeah. Read eval print loop. Are they always in the browser? No. If I type Python into my terminal, that's the Python REPL. Oh, okay. I'm, so complete, I'm type, completely off on that. Look at that. Straight away. Learning <laughs> <all right>. things. <laughs> if, uh, if you type node, then that's the node REPL. It's just a way of like interacting directly with the language, essentially. Um, I didn't know that it was read, evaluate, print loop, which is quite nice, really. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, I've, I think I've only ever come across the term in, in, the, context, in, the, in the context of... Um, Interactive things in a browser where you can type in a language and see the output straight away. 
Yeah. Um, so here. Ah, so I'm going to click the REPL. Oh, I see. This one's in the browser. I see what's going on. I thought it was going to get you to download something. I generally don't find these very useful. Um, I find a lot of frameworks and stuff. The most interesting thing to me is, like, can I get it working on my machine? I kind of don't really like doing stuff in web browsers. I know some people do. I think that's fair. Oh, we've um, yeah, as we were we, on the Chris Coyer episode, we talked a lot about CodePen. That's essentially the same kind of deal, but for front endy stuff. I like doing that sometimes, but I often find myself just copy paste what's in the on the browser, put it into an actual text editor because you know the syntax highlighting is the way I like it. It's just faster. Saving is predictable. I have all the keyboard shortcuts at my fingertips that I'm used to. Yeah, exactly. Mainly, my main reason is you can't use Vim in most browser. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it um cool so it's given me a so from the REPL you can actually download the folder so i've downloaded it it's given me svelte dash app there we go so it's, it's straight away in the, in the docs it's saying you might outgrow this <laughs> from the from the, well, the, REPL, from the online yeah, yeah. REPL. download it so i think that's what yeah. we're both going to do isn't it because then we can yeah really I... see what's going on and that would be my first port of call you'll need to have node.js installed and know how to use the terminal well, I have that, and I can use the terminal. npm install. This is always I always found this a bit weird that you just you just ran. What am I npm install? Wow. So have you have you got the zip <laughs> open then? So let's uh, let's open the zip and see what's in there. So there's a Svelte app. So when you're npm installing, first thing to do is look at the package JSON. Right, so I'm looking at the package JSON, which is basically the list of things that are going to be installed when you run npm install, and it's fairly straightforward. It's it's pretty pretty clean there are some development dependencies uh mostly in fact all of them are roll up with the exception of svelte so roll up is a kind of bundler have you come across that before i've not come across roll up no it's, but i know what i've come across a bundler yeah so it kind of serves the role of webpack i've never used roll up myself actually um uh, what are the others is like packer or something is that one of them the only one i've ever heard of was webpack <laughs> um yeah a lot of the time package.json's look like very unwieldy well it's very very once you start in installing dependencies it's very quick to go down the rabbit hole and then you've got hundreds of things that you need to sort of keep track of in your package yeah but yeah i think that's one of the things i found with starting starting with react and their um create react app was it's just so full of stuff it's really hard to comprehend um so straight away i think this is a point in favor of svelte but it, it seems fairly straightforward it's only bringing in a few things. I'm going to npm install. You're going to do it. You're just going to go for it. I've, I've done it because that's what the... I'm just literally just doing what it says on the tutorial at the moment. npm install done. npm run dev. Can't do it. Oh, what are you getting? You're getting, getting errors? I'm doing it in the wrong place. Hold on. Make sure you... This is the thing about npm install. You don't even have to say dot. You just, you just npm install and it magically knows that it's that's from the folder that you're doing it in well it's it's shorthand isn't it so normally it would you can just you can rather than install if you're setting up a fresh project you can just run npm init and that will add that will create a package json for you and then as you add dependencies you npm install and then the name of the specific dependency you want to install and then dash dash save and that will add it to your package json mm -hmm. Right, here we go. So I put npm run dev, and it's come up with a nice little thing saying your application is ready at localhost port number 5000. Oh, thankfully, that's not a place I've used. That's not a port number I've used already. It's excellent. And what? 
it's a very common port i think for uh for web apps yeah but i have quite a few um like generally the way i manage things in my browser is like what's the like all my local things have a are just a running a local host port something like, i can't be bothered with the mapping host <laughs> files and stuff like that <laughs> so i have a whole a whole like every every time i knew a new thing i need to come up with a new port number <laughs> oh dear um that was is that anything to do with the issue when you couldn't access a question of code.dev no well hosts no it wasn't hosts that was something to do with powder which is i think something whatever's running local server behind the scenes for the rails app that we're working on and that was aliasing like dot test and dot dev and it was putting in rules for them and catching them right. locally um yeah. but so obviously that predates dot dev being a real domain i've now run i've npm run dev and i go to that address the port 5000 on my local host and it says hello world in big bold letters so it works that's always a good start if you can get something working <laughs> yeah i still haven't had that magic moment though i've got the hello world with svelte running in a thing i haven't had that magic moment that i had with react where suddenly like the thing i found with react that i didn't get with ember or angular or backbone when i first picked it up it was very very quickly my mind clicked with the react component model like the way they the way components are structured and, and the way you pull things in and i think it was partly mm -hmm. the jsx like that just made a lot of sense to me which is weird yeah. i know a lot of people bump against that um but oh, it just felt very intuitive so i haven't i don't I think even though we've hello worlded now, I don't think I could say I know what Svelte does or what the benefit of Svelte is. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I guess I don't really have much experience. But I found the same with you. You, you. you follow the tutorial. You click run. Something pops up on the screen. At least you know it's kind of you've got your environment working. That's kind of what I like. And then you can go and kind of find out the stuff. So I'm looking now at this, like, the easiest way to get started with Svelte page on Svelte. And yep. it's not telling, it's telling me how. I don't know that it's telling me why or what I'm going to get out of it. So I'm going to go back to the main page. I wonder if tutorial might be a better place. To... Yeah, but I've scrolled right down. I've seen, I've seen a head heading, though, that sounds like the kind of thing I'm looking for, which says understanding components. <laughs> that sounds like what we're looking for. So they're saying that, the hello world that we're looking at, which is a file called app.svelte, which has a script tag and a heading in. That is a Svelte component. Oh, okay. So I guess this is not um, not doing what JavaScript does, uh, what React does, which is sort of keeping everything in JavaScript syntax because at the very start of this component file, there's a script tag. And in the script tag, there is a variable. And then underneath it, regular HTML with kind of handlebarsy or single bracket, um, single brackets wrapping a variable in a in a regular HTML string to inject that variable of world. So if I change that, oh, I like the uh, I, I do enjoy the auto updating. Oh, does it do? Oh, is it hot module reloading? So if, if you're running, if you do npm run dev, hey. and do something and save it, it just it updates it. Which yeah. Is, so I, I like changed I changed that name variable from world to Ed. And now it says hello, Ed, to me. I can do the same for, for, for Ed. Hello to myself. Yeah, so I'm following the... I'm looking looking along at the tutorial, svelte.dev slash tutorial. And this seems to make much more sense than the getting started. This is actually 
suddenly now it's telling me about that variable which we were able to deduce you can do all sorts of things so you can actually have an image what i want to know is how app dots felt ends up on as a html file where does what picks up app dots felt so that i guess would be where roll up config is coming in so after the after the after you've looked at the docs like the official website of a project and you've actually installed something on your you're actually looking at code is there anywhere that you would go specifically to find information in that code base like if you're new to a code base what's the first the first place you go github what you're looking at a project you've downloaded it you've got it there on your screen it's yeah. a github repo what's the first yeah. file you, what's the first file you look at uh the readme yes the readme so there now it says to create an optimized version of the app npm run build i'm going to do that i'm going to run npm run build in my svelte project and that has created a bundle file. So is, is the one of the good thing is supposedly one of the good things about Svelte that it keeps things quite small. Yeah, I think the what I've heard is that it kind of strips out like it it isn't the reason people are raving about it is because it's not something like React or Ember or Angular that you send as part of your app. That's actually a dependency and a thing that's built into the package that you ship. So when I deploy a React application, the code for React has to be within that application for it to work. Mm -hmm. The selling point of Svelte, as far as I understand it, is that that doesn't happen. That Svelte is more of a, an environment in which you build, and then Svelte will compile all your stuff, make sure it's got everything that you need for the things that you've specifically added, and nothing else. It doesn't actually include itself in the bundle. Right, okay. I think most of uh, most of this is just you. You then get to a point where you just start googling stuff. Yeah. <laughs> now here we go. You can you can import components. It looks very similar to importing a JavaScript thing. Oh, it's files. It's files. <laughs> Styles are scoped to components. It looks like the way it builds. So you put inline CSS in a component, and that doesn't then get applied to other components. Which, from my experience, is playing around with emotion. The React one of the one of the many. CSS in JavaScript libraries with React is a good thing and a bad thing. <laughs> you can, <laughs> it's, I still, I still quite like proper old fashioned CSS files. I think aside from learning that live coding on a podcast is a bad idea, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I've learned that actually this is interesting. This is, it's, uh, it's different to, well, kind of what I was expecting. It's different to what I was expecting it to be, like the way the code looks, certainly from the examples I'm looking at. But it does feel familiar enough, like the way that they're handling components and the way that they're handling logic within those components, like importing mm -hmm. things. This feels like familiar territory to me. I think I could, I could make an app in this reasonably quickly and reasonably seamlessly. I think the edges around, like, how do you go from example code to something that's like, are there differences to production ready stuff? I mean, it feels weird to me that a lot of stuff is inside a, just a script tag at the top of the file. I don't know if that's, how, if that's just like, this is the simple minimum viable product way of getting things done or whether that's how it works. Um, and then also going from, like you said, like you mentioned earlier, going from this stuff that's compiling and hosting a local version of your app to something that you can then deploy um, yep. that process. I don't know, but we'll look at. I think there's something here fun to play around with more. <laughs> Not on air. <laughs> Not on air. And also I think like a 45-minute or half-an-hour session with something is generally not enough time to test out anything in tech 
thoroughly, mm. is it? That's true. Uh, it takes yeah. takes a little bit of time to kind of get your head around what something's actually doing. I think that's possibly one of the reasons we've not got round to even just hello worlding this previously. Um, even though we, we kind of talked about it for a while, because yeah, you do need a sort. It's not just having the time; it's having the time and being in the right frame of mind to take in something new. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing I struggle with the most. <laughs> yeah, got to have that focus and yeah, and want want to do it. Mm. <laughs> well, that was an experiment. That'll probably be. Uh... Yeah, no, I wonder. I think maybe the like the the way of that. There's more to talk about around exploring a new pro- exploring a new tech. My, my so now having looked at the documentation and played through like a little bit of the tutorial, I'm gonna read it and do it more. But I think my next step will probably be to get on YouTube and look for tutorials and other people who are building Svelte apps who have done gone around that production cycle a few times and then are talking about how they do it. I find that mm. that is generally the way my learning goes. Do you? Learn from videos. I would, much? I would not go to YouTube. No, I think generally, if I think I like articles or like tutorials where someone to talk through what they're doing and they've got code blocks and stuff that you can look at. Um, I just find videos too slow. I guess. Well, you can turn <laughs> like, up. You I, can turn the speed up. <laughs> I know you can turn the speed yeah. up, but I, I kind of in an article I can skip to the bit that mm. I'm interested in. Whereas I find that harder with videos. I guess on YouTube you don't generally get chapters with stuff, so I can't be like, this is what I want. Mm. Harder seen, to skim over a video, yeah, I think. That's true, but I also find, particularly when it's something that I'm completely unfamiliar with, a new framework, that actually having someone else's opinion of what is important, I find really useful. Like these are the bits that X, Y, Z bits of this are things that you need to watch out for, and this this is hard, this is easy, crack on. Yeah, um, I find that hard to get from written tutorials. The problem I find is that they. Like everything is equally important when it's written down. I generally tend to find. Oh, I, yeah. I disagree. I think that's fine. <laughs> no, no, yeah, of course. Not, yeah, I'm, I was fully expecting you to not go down, not say you liked the video route. I think we may have talked about it before. Possibly, yeah. Mm, I but it's generally... in- interesting to see how people approach things in different ways. Yeah, I generally don't use YouTube for much tech stuff. I will. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I'm imagining like norm, the normal flow of things is you. I, I'm, I'm YouTubing for the first like afternoon that I'm playing around with something. And then if I want to get more detailed video content, I generally look for trusted people who have online courses. Like if I look at Egghead or, or something, or maybe if Wes Boss has done a thing, and it's easy about easy for React because I know quite a few, I follow quite a few people who do React stuff a lot. Um, and generally there's like, oh, I've made this tutorial. You hear someone talking about it. Like, I don't know where I'd go for Svelte stuff. I wonder if, does Egghead have anything? Uh, yeah, it looks like it. Thomas Lacomi seems to have done a course, I guess. Ah, yeah. The magical disappearing UI framework. See, that's the that's the, the buzz line I was looking for. For like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Up and running with Svelte 3. Yeah, boom. 26 minutes. I will watch that at some point. Yeah, whereas I think generally I just like to have a play around with them, to be honest. Probably not the most time efficient sort of thing, but I'll I'll... Work on. I'll work with something. I'll break it. I'll rest. I'll start again. <laughs> Throw a clean slate. I'll do that about three or four times. I would, that might be more. That might be more time efficient in the long run. Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't feel like it at the time. But it's that, that high roll. St- that thing about making plates. Do you know that one? Mm, no. So you give two people an afternoon, and you say you you tell one person right, 
They're both, but neither of whom have made pottery plates. Before. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Now. yeah. And you say, oh, make one perfect plate to one person, and the other one has to just make a thousand. Doesn't matter if they're any good or not. By the end of the time period, the person who's just kept making them is more likely to have the better end result because I don't know if that's true for everyone. It certainly is for me. Like doing it, breaking it, doing something new again, I get better results than just finessing and working on one thing. Like my instinct, my instinct is to work on one thing and refine it and refine it, which I think is bad. A lot, <laughs> lot of lot of wasted plates there, though. Nine hundred ninety-nine plates. Yeah, but there. to waste. You know, it's it's just code. It's just bits and bytes. Yeah, you learn you learn from your mistakes, which is kind of my thinking behind it. Is that when I break something, I then have to work out how to fix it. Whereas we've talked about this many times, haven't we? Whereas I find a tutorial, I don't get that as much. I don't really yeah. understand what's happening. That's one of the reasons the video is often better. Because, like, I like the kind of video where it's not overly produced. You're actually watching someone do it in real time. And they maybe haven't planned everything up front. They've got a vague idea of where they're going. And then you see where things go wrong for them and you see how they debug it and what the solutions are. I think I learn more from that kind of video than I do from a from a very slick, like one that's doing essentially what a written tutorial would do and has been edited down to only show the happy path and everything working. <laughs> because, you know, computers are, compu computers are going to computer. Things don't work every time, do they? That's true. Yeah, but I think whatever, you can come at it from many angles um, and everyone, I guess, does things in different ways, but there's two different options <laughs> yeah so i'm but, hoping yeah. someone someone listening to this will now have a sense of how we go about tackling <laughs> something we've never looked at before and so if, as i think a lot of people that listen are, are new are in the position where they're they're going to be picking up new bits of technology on a regular basis um so that might be hopefully that will be useful and also and also they might have learned something about spell uh, maybe yeah. I don't know. I've to, I, I feel like I've learned something about Svelte. We have, but it's yeah. this is a audio format. Topic, yeah, we? I think this is. I my my suspicion is this is not massively useful to do this on a regular basis. It would be better to make an example project and then talk about it afterwards rather than try and look like hello world on the fly. But yeah, yeah. if yeah. you're listening at home, let us know. If this was a terrible, terrible idea, please say so. Yeah, we'll yeah. probably we'll probably stick to the answering questions format. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did answer a question. We asked, "How do you hello world in Svelte?" And the answer is easy: you use the REPL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we it's got only, there too quickly. It, yeah, it was literally maybe what, ten minutes faffing about, and we weren't really paying much attention. And we got to the point where we're making, essentially, making components and running a, a Svelte app on our machine. So it's a yeah, one, fairly, it's a, a one pager. Quick, it's simple. Quick but, setup. Yeah, yeah. Compared to some um, of the things I've tried, that was relatively painless. Everything worked. <laughs> but then I have like I magically had the right version of Node installed. But other than that, I don't. Were there any? I don't think there are any other requirements further. No, no. I yeah. think you just have to have Node. Um, yeah. So for, in terms of my experience, I can understand what's going on here a bit better than like when I first did Vue and React. I did look at React quickly once. And there was a lot of stuff going on. Whereas here it's kind of a bit more simple. There's not as many like files all over the place. Mm. It's kind of, you've got your app.svelte, your main.js, and then your index.html and your CSS file. And the rest of it is kind of, there's not really that much more to it. Than the, yeah, the that's one of, stuff. one of the things I bumped on 
even though like with react i had that big like lightning bolt ah components this makes sense to me this works moment i had that experience but at the same time there's a lot of stuff going on and mm -hmm. the onboarding and getting to grips with something like view was much more straightforward i didn't quite gel with it instantly as much in the way that i did with react whereas this so this feels more like the the fun lightweight get started really quickly there's nothing much to no cruft to deal with that view has mm -hmm. but also the instantly comprehensible component model of react <laughs> Thanks a lot for listening to this week's episode of A Question of Code. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at AQO Code. And you can find us online at aqoc.dev or questionofcode.com. We can find all the ways to get in touch and suggest topics for future episodes, which after this one I think is probably apparent that that's a pressing concern. We need good, <laughs> we need good questions to answer and uh, good suggestions for guests to get on to answer those questions. So please <laughs> get in touch. Let us know. Yes. And do subscribe if you've not already. And please do tell your friends. See you next week. Bye. See ya.